during the fall of 2021, I had the privilege of speaking on the grounds of the University of Virginia on the topic of heroic masculinity. The event was sponsored by the Sigma Phi fraternity, and I was invited by their president, Mr. Nick Fisher. And on this episode of the Anthony Bradley Show, I get to catch up with Nick and get his perspective on Greek life on the grounds of UVA. Thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Anthony Bradley Show. I am excited to have another stellar fraternity president on the episode today. His name is Nick Fisher. He is the president of the Sigma Phi fraternity at the University of Virginia. And we're going to have a conversation today about some of the ways in which they are building great men and building a great culture in their house at the University of Virginia. Nick, welcome to the Anthony Bradley Show. Thank you, Dr. Bradley. It is an honor to be here as always with you. And I'm excited to talk about our chapter. Now, you are from where? I'm from Howell, New Jersey, originally. And how did you end up attending the University of Virginia from New Jersey? I mean, you didn't want to go to Rutgers? No, <laughs> everybody, at, everybody at my high school is going to Rutgers. No, UVA was a popular place to apply to for people in my area who were interested in going to like a rigorous academic school. So it had the reputation of being a serious academic place, but also a fun and spirited atmosphere with fun sports teams. So it came down to a handful of colleges for me. And I judged based on my visits that UVA was the best fit for the college that I was trying to have with that balance of school and fun. And what did you decide to study there? What are you majoring in? So my major is goes by the name PPL, which is political philosophy, policy and law. Basically, it's a pre-law major for most people. You just talk about political theory and stuff like that. So you have plans to go to law school. Is that in your future? Eventually. Yep. What kind of law do you want to practice? Do you have any idea? I haven't thought too much about that, but I've always been interested in sort of constitutional issues. So the the big stuff that makes the headlines is what's interesting to me. That's very much an open question. Yeah, that's very UVA-ish. Yeah. Of you to care (laughs) about the constitutional sorts of issues. So you're in line with the tradition there. Yeah. So you grew up in, in, in New Jersey and you were thinking about going to college. And when you were in high school, you had a list of schools and you probably had, as most people do, right? Some sort of imagination for what your college experience was going to be like. Were you thinking about being in a fraternity when you were in high school? Was that, was that on the radar? I was not. My vision of what college was going to be for me was a lot more academic than and I guess it turned out, not in the sense that I'm uh, skipping class or anything, but uh, there's a lot more going on for me in college than what I imagined was going to be going on. I thought I was going to go there and just kind of be in the books and that it was about getting your degree and it was about being in class. Plus, I figured that fraternities were kind of, I didn't think that there was much substance there. I thought it was about partying strictly. I didn't realize that they did anything else. Certainly did not foresee how important it could be to the people who were in it. And so it wasn't part of my plans. So what, what ultimately made you decide, uh, I'm, I'm open to it. I'll go to these informational meetings and see what it's about. I realized here at UVA, it was central to the social experience, at least for guys. So when it came time to sign up for Rush, you know, everybody in the dorm building was signing up for Rush. Everybody in class was doing it. So I realized that if I don't do this, maybe I'm missing out on like some kind of fundamental part of the UVA experience here. 
which in my opinion, still, you know, it's true. You can have a great time at UVA without being in eternity, no doubt. But I mean, it just opens up a whole nother dimension of life here to be in one. So Greek life is is pretty popular there at UVA. It's not a small part of the college experience there. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. I think the official stat is like 30%, but honestly, I think there's something weird about that statistic because a lot of people that I meet are involved. Now, how would you compare the way that your friendships and social life are now as a junior, right? You're, you're a junior, is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're a third year student at UVA or you guys say year three, you know, at, at UVA, you all have all these special categories, right? You don't, right. you don't say <laughs> campus. What do you guys say? Say grounds. Yeah. Grounds. And you also right. don't do freshman, sophomore, junior, you guys, what do you, what do you call yourselves? Yeah, we do first year, second year, third year, and fourth year. So, so you are you are third year. You're I'm a third, third year okay. on grounds here. Yeah, <laughs> you are third year on grounds at the University <laughs> of, of of Virginia. And now that you've been there a few years and you have some solid friendships, how would you compare those with the ones that you had in high school? What are some of the similarities or, or differences? that you've experienced that make the ones that you have now, especially in your your fraternity, different than the ones that you had when you're in high school? Yeah, I can notice a difference for sure. In our fraternity, there's very much a sense that we're not just friends. We're we're on like a team together. So there's a real sense of allegiance among all the guys. And we take the title of brother pretty seriously. It means a lot to call somebody a brother. When we have meetings to plan events or just discuss whatever's going on, it's like a very focused atmosphere. It's serious. We we take it seriously that we're all in this together and that we're doing a project in common. So our friendships are forged through these common experiences and being part of something rather than just kind of living on the same street or, you know, being around each other in high school sports and whatnot. We also just spend a lot of time together. Like our house is a really cool place to be. So in the case of the 15 of us who live at the house right now, we are with each other all the time. We see each other's good days and bad days, which is which is not always true of the more selective and casual friendships you have. A lot of times you're just with people when they're in a good mood, but we're around each other when we're in good moods and bad moods. So that ties us together in a really deeper way, I think, than the more casual sort of friendships do. By the way, just for the record, I've been to his house. It is pretty <laughs> outstanding on the on grounds there at the University yeah. of Virginia. I want to make sure I get the the phrasing right. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I understand because I can envision what that could look like because I've been I've been in your fraternity house, and you know you walk in and there's all this shared space, right? This open space where you guys can hang out and connect, and and there are guys that don't live in the house that can come and hang out of the house. Is that, is that right? Is that how that works? Yeah. And they do all the time. So they're on grounds between classes, meals or whatever. They can just come by and hang out and you guys can, can just chill together. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like a comfort place. Basically it becomes a place where you can go and you just need to relax. And that's the whole point. That's what makes this place uh, valuable to people. Now, when you told your parents you're going to join a fraternity, were they excited? They have reservations Were they just like, oh, no, my son's going to turn into a complete tool. My dad was apprehensive. My mom's apprehensive. My mom is still apprehensive. Yeah, they thought that, you know, it was basically going to be an animal house type deal and that it really wasn't going to be anything but a distraction. I understood that and I still understand it because there's a lot of places where that's how it is. And we do our share of animal house stuff, you know, but it's so much more and it's so worth it. And I've conveyed that to them, and I think that they understand. 
And so how would you make the case then? You're talking to your parents, right? They're a bit apprehensive. And you, you've been in three years now and serving as president. How would you make the case to them that, you know, fraternities can be good things. And here are some of the reasons why they aren't factories of turning guys into terrible people. They actually can make contributions to guys becoming better men on campus during their college years. How would you make the case for why fraternities are good? Yeah, there, there's two main points that I would think about with this question. It, one really important thing is that there's a lot of opportunities in a fraternity to lead and take responsibility. So in a fraternity, there's a ton of jobs. You need a president to be paying attention to the whole thing. You need a social chair to run the events, treasurer manage the money. In our fraternity, a VP runs Rush, house manager, secretary, and then on and on. Philanthropy people, there's so many jobs. There's probably over a dozen like serious jobs that pop up over the course of the school year that involve actual leadership of other people and responsibility. And they're usually elected positions. So you have to convince your brothers that you're the guy to do this. And then once you win, you now have to live up to the standard that you set to the mandate that you were given. So these are really prime opportunities for a college-age guy to develop some leadership skills because the brothers will hold you accountable. Like guys call each other out all the time. It can be a rough and tumble atmosphere. And when you screw up, it gets noticed. And when you do things well, it makes a visible difference in the lives of your friends. So for a college age man, there's not many opportunities to take on that kind of responsibility and be held seriously accountable. And then besides leadership opportunities, I think the best thing it offers guys is like inspiration. If you join a good fraternity, with emphasis on the word good there, you're going to be around guys, especially above and within your pledge class who inspire you to be a better person. You'll notice good qualities that your friends have that you can try to emulate. Ideally, you'll become close with brothers who make you want to aim higher in life. You know, But of course, that's not guaranteed to happen. It's possible that by joining a frat, you end up surrounding yourself with people who make you worse. And with all the time that you spend in your fraternity, that can do a lot of damage. If you join a fraternity where you're going to be constantly around people who really are on a good track in life, that can that can turn you around. I mean, that can work wonders for you. So for the most part, I honestly think the fraternity system is doing guys a service by putting them in close association with each other. And I've seen that firsthand. And at the University of Virginia, you mentioned Rush. The process there is somewhat specific because, you know, schools do them differently. How does it work at at UVA in terms of going from the informational meeting to being initiated? What time of year does it happen? How does that happen on grounds there? Yeah, so Rush is once a year here uh, at the very beginning of the spring semester and typically lasts for two weeks. So you'll have an open house followed by three rounds of events. So after open house, which is when guys kind of go around touring all the different places, you'll ideally have between 150 and 200 Rushies on your list. And then by the time third round is over, the last round, you hope to have between 20 and 30 guys left from which to make your final cuts. And so that narrowing down will come from rushies leaving your process and from you cutting people out. So we aim for pledge classes of around 20. There's two weeks then from the informational meeting to bid day. And bid day is this huge celebration where everybody is really happy, you know, that we're welcoming in new people. It's a really cool moment for the guys who are getting bids. We throw them up in the air. It's, it's awesome. And then between bid day and initiation is the season known as pledging or new member education, as you'd say, if you're in polite company. And I won't give a, a definitive answer on how long that lasts, just in case our current pledges get a hold of this podcast. 
But suffice it to say that typically guys make the transition from pledge to brother well before the end of the spring semester. So they have a lot of time left in the spring to kind of enjoy being a member of the fraternity. At some schools, they restrict the number of weeks in that in that pledge process. Does, does UVA tell you guys you can't do it beyond a certain number of weeks? Does it have to be two weeks? Is there room for some flexibility in the Greek system there? They do. They have a rule that pledging has to be about a month and a half. They have a, they, they set a date for when initiation needs to have taken place by. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, some schools don't, I mean, it's like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Some schools are wide open. I mean, I mean there's a lot of variation there right now. And, and so it, it's really, to me, quite admirable that, that UVA trusts you guys to sort of you know, make those decisions on your own. I think it's really great because a lot of schools right now, I mean, they're clamping down on the number of weeks during pledge season. Now, when you were pledging, did you go around to different houses or did you only want to look at that Sigma Phi? I looked at about five different places and I was coming from New Jersey. I was an out-of-stater, so I had no idea what any of these houses were like. A lot of the people who are in-state have brothers and friends and stuff who go to UVA. And so they really have their finger on the pulse of the fraternity layout out here. But I had no idea what anything was. So I was basically just shooting in the dark. I was walking around, walking into whatever house I could walk into. And did you attend college with people from your high school? Yeah, my, my freshman roommate was from yeah from my high school and did he pledge any fraternity yeah we ended up both coming here together oh well, that's awesome and yeah. so what was it that made you decide you know sigma phi is, is a group of guys i i, I really want to rush and, and pledge and and be with them. i mean what, what was it about them that, that stood out to you yeah when i was rushing the vibe in this house was just different than the vibe at all the other places that i went to the guys in here just felt particularly authentic and relatable And there was a ton of variety in here, which is what I noticed right off the bat. It seemed to be a fraternity that wasn't about, you know, wealth. It's not like we're all wealthy. It wasn't about appearance. It's not like we're all, you know, the best looking people here. It wasn't intelligence. You had guys at all different levels with respect to those characteristics. And there's a lot of other houses where there's a really strong stereotype. Like can tell immediately when you walk in that this is for these kinds of people. And that was not that way here. It seemed like people really appreciated each other across difference. And then many of the brothers that I met were just hilarious. I mean, there was a lot of funny stuff happening in the house that continues to be a characteristic of this place. We're constantly making each other laugh. So there was just a real sense of fun and authenticity here that I was eager to be a part of. It seemed like a very rich place. And the people spoke about it in this glowing way. So there was, yeah, there and there still is that kind of sense of like, almost like a mythic status when it comes to signify. So the guys talked about it in an awesome way. They demonstrated what it meant to them. And when it came down to this house and one other house, I knew for sure that my gut was telling me to come here. When you were looking around, was there something that you would argue today that rings true that stands out to you as like a key distinctive of, of signify? Is there anything that kind of jumps out immediately to you? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's tough to pin it on one thing, but I can certainly feel the difference between Sigma Phi and other places. And I think what it what it comes down to is what makes Sigma Phi kind of unique in general. The organization has a very particular character. So number one, we're a secret society. And we don't take that to the level of the Freemasons and such, but we do take seriously that, you know, Sigma Phi is for the brothers. And so not everything that Sigma Phi entails is available to the public. And that enhances what we do. It makes it more special makes it more powerful for us to share those things just kind of amongst ourselves. And so that's a really distinct thing about it. And that sense of sort of privacy 
just kind of permeates the whole culture here. The sense of like being in the world, but kind of apart, that's sort of permeates here. And so another thing is that we're small. There's been 14 total chapters ever, and only about half of those are still active. So nationally, the community is very close. The alumni who run the national are, are close to us. We know who they are. We know them personally. So that intimacy sort of permeates the culture of the fraternity, even within the chapter level. We're a very tight brotherhood. Brotherhood matters a lot to us, matters a lot more, I'm willing to bet, than it does to some of the other houses here. And that's not to knock them. You know, it's just a question of what the organization is going to be about. Our organization is not about social opportunities or professional networks. It's about each other. And we have those other things sort of as a byproduct. There's a really strong identity here that has to do, I think, with our secrecy and our smallness, to name two things. And that just creates a really special sense of brotherhood. Now, you mentioned that nationally, there are only you know, 14 or so chapters across the country, but you guys are one of the oldest social fraternities in the country. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We're part of the union triad, they call it. So we're one of the very first three ever founded. And founded on the campus of of Union College in in upstate New York. Around what year was that? I can't remember. That was uh, 1827. The 4th of March, 1827 is our founding date. 1827. And it's fair to say, and this isn't, you know, this isn't exaggerating, all other fraternities in America are a variation on the theme of you guys and, and a couple others, right? Exactly. Everything after us is a spinoff. <laughs> we're, we're the OGs. Yeah. So you guys are the OGs on grounds at the University of Virginia and all the other ones on grounds at, at UVA are just variations. You're just trying to be like the OGs. Basically. Yeah. We kind of own, we kind of own this place. No, yeah. I'm just other fraternities were even found as sort of in opposition to what we were doing. So like Delta Upsilon, which on grounds here is, is I have a lot of friends there. They're a great chapter, but they were founded to be like a, a non-secret alternative to the secret societies that were being formed. So Sigma Phi really did set the tone and kind of shaped how the rest of the process of fraternity starting was going to play out. Now, there are some particular aspects of cultivating a culture that I want to ask you about, because I think it's important, as you mentioned, those distinctive, as we talk about some of these cultural values and practices, I mean, those are the things that bind you guys together, right? I mean, those are the things that kind of form the identity of what it means to be in, in, in Sigma Phi. And you mentioned that you guys have traditions. Can you explain why tradition is important to you all and, and what that looks like in your house? Yeah. So our our new member education, for instance, is in large part about absorbing our traditions. So it involves learning a lot of information. There's stories from our history and brothers in those stories that are very important to us. So knowing those stories and those names, those songs, because we have songs too, is how we sort of form a collective. So any group of guys can come together and become friends, right? But by learning signify history and traditions, we sort of place ourselves within that tradition. And so the founders that we're learning about become then like our ancestors. So people who pass something down to us and those traditions remain important even after new member education is over. So like, I remember last spring, I went on a hike. We were in the middle of actually having a party here for one of the brothers, his birthday. So it was like two in the morning. And a few of us decided that we were just going to leave the house and go on a hike. So we found a place to go hike for the sunrise. And while we were climbing up the hill at like four in the morning, we just started singing one of our songs that we had all learned during new member education. So it's kind of this magical thing. So the traditions are there to just sort of sustain that sense of, I guess, magic, that sense of we're doing something special to us. And the traditions are really powerful in that regard. 
That's really extraordinary because one of the things that's true for, for men's communities is that men really bond tightly together when they have shared rituals. Yeah. It's you use the word magic. It's actually true. And you can look back through the the whole of human history, the things that bind communities together are shared practices, these traditions and these rituals. So the rituals that you guys are going to teach these new members are are really central and key to binding guys to the to the fraternity. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, pretty much everybody in here could rattle off, you know, a handful of key facts, even the guys who you would think are the least involved or or care the least about history in general. Everybody is bound together by knowing some of these things and and feeling them. And in that sense, you know, you quickly feel like you are part of the brotherhood, right? You're not just an outsider who's on the periphery as soon as you start learning these things, right, you feel like, hey, I'm, I am now a part of this family. I'm a part of this brotherhood. I'm a part of this community. Exactly. Yeah. You know things like, for instance, in new member education, when you study this stuff, you come across knowledge that really not a lot of people have. Our books and stuff, you know, are they're only here at this house. It's really hard to get a hold of them. So, yeah, I mean, you're coming across stuff that's really special and unique. And you're one of a small handful of people in the grand scheme of things that gets to know these things. That's really extraordinary. And I, like I said, historically really useful. It works. It helps guys feel like they are included. They're not alone. They're a part of the, of the community. It's just really, really great that you guys, you guys have those. And it, you know, again, it's kind of thinking about that when you're not in a fraternity, when you're not even in a community like that, you don't have anything like that. Right. I think what people try to do, and I say this as a, as a Clemson alum, I think sometimes people try to make like the football program that for them or the basketball program that for them on campus, but it doesn't have the same sort of sticking power for some reason that being in a community that has these exclusive, unique rituals that sort of bind you guys together that, that you guys have. Exactly. I completely agree with you. You can even see that just from the way things play out. After guys graduate college, I mean, there's guys who are 80 years old who can come back here and and they start crying when they see like what's going on at the house, when they see that what they did in college is still going on. And there's like a whole like the alumni have a life of their own. You know, it's it's the conventions, the, the, the meetings they have are just so awesome. This stuff really does stick. In your chapter, how do you all cultivate a sense of, of devotion in yeah. that community? Is it just a devotion to the rituals and the traditions, or is it devotion to each other? How does that work with you guys? I think it starts off as devotion to the rituals and the traditions, and then it be, by extension, it becomes devotion to each other. And I guess the, those two things kind of happen concurrently, because when you're pledging your, your learning traditions, but you're also becoming committed to the other people, and you're becoming committed to helping the other people learn the traditions. So learning the traditions becomes this collective process among the pledges. So yeah, devotion is really a, another word. It's an important word there because I think that that's what characterizes the way that guys approach being involved here. This is like, this is people's bedrock involvement at the university for the guys who are in here. We do all kinds of stuff. We have club athletes, we have guys who run philanthropy sort of organizations. We have people doing really serious research in class. But this fraternity is like their foundation. It's their support network. So and another important thing is like what I mentioned earlier, a lot of us are all at the house a lot. Guys are around each other all the time. Guys are constantly in this building. So you really develop a sense of belonging to this place and it becomes part of your identity. It becomes really inextricable from your identity 
And there's nobody here who hasn't done anything to get involved. Like everybody gets inspired to become involved in some capacity. And so like the social chair, for instance, here's input from 15 or so people who are, who are interested in providing input on how to conduct our social events. And then a lot of them will help out with setting it up. The cleanups are a team effort. There's probably 20 brothers in here who have had a significant hand in the pledging process. Guys want to spend their free time doing stuff with the fraternity. There's, there's been nights where, you know, our meetings, our elections are, and, and everything didn't end until four in the morning because guys are willing to have those conversations until the conversation is over, no matter when it ends. So between the pledging experience and then the sorts of bonds and the sorts of traditions that you get involved in over the course of your brotherhood, guys really end up like pouring their entire heart and soul into this fraternity. It's cool to see. And I never thought that people would care as much as they do about a fraternity, but they do. And it's real. And it makes it a lot of fun. But how would you describe the brothers' devotion to each other. I mean, is there anything that stands out that helps you kind of imagine or frame that the, the men in Sigma Phi were devoted to the fraternity operating as such, we're also really committed to each other. We love each other. We care about each other. How does that look with, with you guys? Well, we're, we're, for the most part, we're each other's closest friends, you know, in life at this point. We, like I was mentioning earlier, we see each other on our good days and bad days. So like there's, I think everybody in this house, you know, has a story of a day when they were really going through it. For instance, our, our guy, Kayvon, who was the president of the IFC earlier this semester, he was dealing with a lot of crazy stuff because of the pressure that the university was putting on him to restrict rush. And then the counter pressure that the chapters were putting on him to not restrict rush. So he was between a rock and a hard place and things were actually getting kind of nasty. Our brotherhood really banded behind Kayvon and guys were here for him. We were talking to him constantly. We were offering him support as one example. And then, you know, just even like in the, in the last few days, I can think of, you know, people who have been dealing with difficult problems in their life. Guys are in there, in their room, checking on them. How are you doing? You know, giving advice and stuff like that. We are really sensitive to each other's, you know, ups and downs. And we're really supportive in those situations. There's been a lot of tears shed you know, and here there's been a lot of arguments. There's been a lot of reconciliations. It is a masterclass in human relationships and going through it with people. There's relationships that have started in here at, at the bottom, you know, guys who didn't like each other, who, who now are, are actually quite good friends and who trust each other a lot. So the, the richness of human relationships in here is really above average. And so a guy who's thinking about pledging Sigma Phi should expect to have some guys who are going to care about him, look, be looking out for him. He's not going to be at UVA and feel alone. Oh, yeah. That's the last thing that anybody in this chapter could possibly feel. And I know chapters where guys don't really feel that tightly bonded to their brothers. I know chapters here where the word brother doesn't mean squat. But here, I mean, it's so opposite. Like if you remember this chapter, you, you couldn't possibly feel alone. You're, you're, you're sort of overwhelmed by attention and, and friendship kind of all the time. And like you said, you're going to be supported. I think there's so many guys out there who don't have a support system. They don't feel like there's a group of guys that have their back, right? They feel like right. they're kind of on their own to figure life out. With your Sigma 5, what I'm hearing you're going to be with a group of men that have your back and you are not going to have to 
manage and excel in your college career by yourself. You're going to have a group of brothers that are going to surround you and invest in your success. Absolutely. It's real. You know, it's not just a talking point like that is what we do on a daily basis in here. That's the nature of our interactions with each other. Other things I want to race to you is the sort of issue of, of excellence. I mean, every fraternity says, hey, by the way, we care about improvement and development and things like that. But for you all, what does that look like? And then, by the way, I'll have a, I have a little short story because I, I actually saw this happen when I was with you guys. And I'll, I'll tell that story at the end. But what are some ways that you would frame? We actually are about excellence. And, and here's how it looks. It goes back to the very beginning of our story. So our founders, when they were looking around uh, Union College and then the other colleges that started up a chapter shortly after them, they were looking for people who would be men of strong character and high ideals. They didn't want to be associating and forming a club with a bunch of losers. They wanted to be around high quality men. So the idea was that being around each other would have sort of an iron sharpening iron effect. One of our greatest brothers was Elihu Root. Uh, he was a secretary of state for the United States, among many other things. And he emphasized this point that by associating with each other, we're, we're actually improving ourselves. We're becoming better human beings by our association. What that looks like today, you know, in the 21st century is brothers in pledges hopping in a car and going to the gym together and working out, strengthening body and mind in a side-by-side -side fashion. We have debates around the dinner table about politics, about the university, about Sigma Phi. So we're challenging each other intellectually. We host guest speakers now, uh, which Dr. Bradley, you were our very first one back in November for the express purpose of coming in here and inspiring us to be better men. That is the point of these guest lectures. So when we introduce the history of Sigma Phi to our pledges, we emphasize, you know, the great things that SIGs have done in the past, winning wars, founding major organizations, getting involved in the world in a courageous way. College is the time when a boy turns into a man and your fraternity is going to have a huge influence on how that goes for you, whether you want it to or not. So our determination is for the fraternity here for Sigma Phi to have a positive influence on that process. And by emphasizing excellence and using all these resources that we have to promote excellence, I think that we're doing that in a meaningful way. And, and I, I can say this because I, I saw this in person. Not only are you producing excellence within the fraternity, but you're also producing excellence on grounds in terms of your impact on campus, on campus life, in other organizations, at the institution in general. You're actually adding value to the University of Virginia Signify makes the University of Virginia a better place. Here's how I know this. Just kind of tell the story of the fact that on the IFC this year, for example, how many guys from Sigma have key roles there? I think we have four guys who are on the IFC governing board, which is like half the IFC governing board. Yeah. So you guys are really helping to shape the entire culture of fraternity life on grounds at UVA, which is really, really extraordinary. And then I witnessed you guys investing in each other's character. When I spoke there, we went out afterwards, right? And we're sitting down at the table and there were two brothers who were having a conversation. I won't give the details, but one was sort of saying, hey, I need to work on some things in, in, my, in my personal life. And the other committed himself to helping him out. 
Yeah. And I thought, wait, is this happening right now? And I'm sort of watching this really powerful moment of, like you said, iron sharpening iron. These guys are committing to make each other better right there at the table. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I need to enroll in the <laughs> University of Virginia. I need to be on grounds. I need to figure out a way to play at Sigma Phi because this is the kind of, of community that all men need. Right. You need to be around some men who are willing to sacrifice themselves for the purpose of making you better. Yeah. And Sigma Phi is a community because I've seen it. It's a community of guys who are willing to sacrifice themselves because they want to make their brother a better man. Right. It's so awesome. And it happens all the time. Like the situation you're describing there. I mean, I can think of so many, so many times when I, when I've seen that sort of stuff happen. And I think it was kind of funny. We were at the Virginian restaurant when that was all going on. And I think in the middle of a conversation you were having with two guys, we walked in, we had cave on with us and a bunch of other guys who had just won their IFC elections. So you're already having this sort of awesome Sigma Phi moment. And then we walk in and we announced that cave on just became the president of the IFC and the whole, our whole section just erupted kind of in clapping and everything. Yeah. That was a really electric night. It was a great night. And what was really awesome. And this is what I love about you guys. You guys celebrate each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time, big time, big stuff, small stuff. Whenever yeah. a brother does something that he thinks is important or that he values, you guys are willing to celebrate that. And that could be anything from a birthday to becoming the president of the IFC. Exactly. Word gets around like that when something good happens to somebody, whether they got accepted to you know, a program here, they won an election, you know, and guys really, birthdays, you know, guys make a huge deal out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's so much fun. That's devotion right there. Right? I mean, that's the pursuit of excellence where you guys are committed to celebrating each other in the process of becoming better. And you're willing to do that and be open about it and to take joy in that. So it really is I'm listening to you. It's just a fun place to be because you get to do fun stuff yeah, on the weekends and hanging out. But it's also you get a lot of joy by having people care about you and promote you and invest in you. Yeah. Your first instinct when you see somebody, you know, in the house here is to like start laughing and to, to just have a, a friendly and warm conversation. Like I'm, I'm going to miss living here because at the end of this semester, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go, you know, just live in an apartment with some people and uh, that'll be fun too. But I'm, I'm going to miss being in this atmosphere where it's just like all love, all friendship, all fun, laughter all the time. It's really special. You can take it for granted. You know, like I know that I, I do. Like after spending enough time here, you, you take for granted the nature of these relationships, but it really is weird how positive things are amongst each other. It's so interesting to, to sort of imagine if you're not in a fraternity, I, I was in a fraternity as, as well at Clemson. If, I mean, if, if you're not in a fraternity, how are you going to get that? You know, like, well, how does it develop maybe your dorm, maybe not your major? I mean, there's just not a lot of opportunity to spend that much time together being inspired, but also inspiring others, being sharpened, also sharpening others, learning leadership skills, actually applying those and, and doing things, growing. I mean, it's just such a, an amazing context for growth on so many dimensions that, that Greek life, to me, I'm biased. I, I just think it's one of the best things, things ever. But as you know, my friend, that is not what you see in the typical Zac Efron movie or even an animal house. So tell me why you think fraternities get such a bad rap for just producing men who are terrible. How do you think that's been the stereotype that people 
associate with it, which is probably why your parents had these apprehensions and why you weren't even thinking about it in high school because you had this, these images in your mind. How does that happen? Why do you think it became kind of the, the dominant paradigm? Well, the bad rap doesn't come from nowhere. There's, of course, a lot of fraternities where things like that, just constantly being drunk, instructive, assaulting women. There, there's places where stuff like that goes on on a regular basis. And there's a lot of organizations where the brothers are not looking for much more than an opportunity to do those things. You know, there's a lot of places and a lot of guys who show up to college and that's what they want out of their fraternity. So guys at those houses are going to do bad things to people, including each other. You know, these are the, these are the people who overdose on drugs together. These are the people who send each other to the hospital hazing. And then, you know, it stains the reputation of everybody. To a certain extent, fraternities are always going to be slightly transgressive because we're getting together and we're doing these things like new member education. And, and that's always going to have this kind of hazy public impression, but it does not have to be destructive. It's supposed to be positive and it can be positive, which is what we try to do here by having like a strong sense of purpose about what we do about brotherhood, tradition, and, and excellence at life. So you can take the procedures that we do as a fraternity and spin it in a destructive direction, but you can also spin it in a positive direction. And so that's the choice that, that an organization has to make. It's also important to point out, I think, that a lot of fraternities get a bad rap as collateral damage for mistakes that other people are making. The mistreatment of female guests at a fraternity house, for instance, often takes place at the hands of a non-brother. It's a guy who got into a party and is not a member of the organization. And in those scenarios, the house where it happened is going to suffer, and they hopefully learn the lesson that they need to be careful about who they let in. So our fraternity, for instance, maintains a list of people who are not allowed in here. And during parties, we maintain control of who enters the building. And we have a bunch of sober brothers whose job it is to be vigilant about what's going on inside. In our bathrooms, we have flyers telling people what they should do if they've been made to feel unsafe. You know, there's, there's a word you say to a certain person at a certain spot in the house, and, and that's your signal that you need some help. And then we impart strongly on new members that there is zero tolerance for impropriety with anybody. You cannot try to, you know, extract from people what they don't want to give you. You cannot force yourself on anybody. You cannot, you know, approach social interactions with girls or guys in that kind of manipulating way. So you have to build a culture where that is considered totally gross and antithetical to what you're about. And if you build that culture strong enough, you shouldn't have problems. And then you just got to make sure that you guard the door well enough at parties. This way, people who don't have that kind of training are not coming in here. Because there are people... There are some terrible guys out there who will use the fraternity spaces for the purpose of being terrible people. And you all have to somehow protect the fraternity against those guys. And I think what happens often is the fraternity gets a bad rap because those guys, because they know that fraternities are often successful at gathering really, really dynamic people that they'll use that as a way to sort of micro focus on, on those opportunities to be terrible because you guys to provide access to some of the best people on grounds at the University of Virginia. And it puts often the fraternity in a defensive posture because you always have to be looking out for someone who doesn't have the culture and the values of your fraternity. They're wreaking havoc. I think it's also true, right? You know, you all, as you mentioned, want to have reputation. And yep. so you want to keep that reputation. I'm wondering sort of on this topic, how do you help pledges and rushes? I mean, how, there's got a new initiates. I mean, how, how do you help some, them cultivate and understand the kind of reputation that you guys, you guys want to have? So that was something 
that I spoke to, to our pledges about on day one of them being here was that at this point, even just as pledges, not even as brothers yet, everything that you do is now something that Sigma Phi is doing. So you've taken on a brand now, you've taken on this larger identity, you now have a name attached to you that really is like a magnet for people to attach attributes to. Like people love to say this fraternity is this way, that fraternity is that way. And so everything that these guys do is going to have an impact on our brand. And that can have enormous consequences because that then determines, you know, in the future years, who's going to rush. You're going to have a bunch of guys who are going to hear, oh, this house is for these people. I'm not going to rush there. You have to be so careful about that. You've talked about this, I think, in, in previous episodes. Reputation sticks. You make a mistake in 2005, you're going to feel the effects of that in 2022. And it's really hard to get rid of that stuff. And to a certain extent, every chapter deals with, with reputation because we're all fraternities. And so, you know, people are going to throw the same accusations at everybody. But you really got to be vigilant about that. And we do our very best. We make it a super serious message to the pledges that they cannot screw up with our name attached to them. And so one of the invitations is to sort of think about it this way, come be a part of Sigma Phi so that you can help us build the best reputation of a group of men on grounds of the University of Virginia. Come help us build something outstanding. Yeah. Right? I mean, come help us have a, a great reputation with women. Come help us build a great reputation with professors. Come help us build a great reputation with people that aren't in Greek life. Like, come and join a community of guys who want to be outstanding and want to have an outstanding reputation and be known for that. I mean, that's what Sigma Phi is about, and that's what we want to be. That's, that's part of the invitation is to be extraordinary and to be excellent as well. Yeah, absolutely. And messaging is so important with people. You have to communicate. You know, pledging is all about it's basically the brothers, you know, putting on this big program. It's, it's, it's all about messaging and communicating and demonstrating this is what we're about and having the pledges receive that and respond to it. And so crafting that messaging in that way that you just described is really the name of the game. One of my dreams, and this is something I, I mentioned to you guys when I spoke to you a few, a few months ago, is that I, I would love for every fraternity's reputation, especially with women, to be that this our house is the safest place on campus for a woman to be. That, that she's going to be respected and honored. And if she's at our house at a social event, she should feel completely, completely safe. That's a value that we're going to have as a group of men. And we want that to be our, our reputation insofar as you guys recruiting the right guys and things like that. It's just going to happen, right? It's just going to happen. And that's part of what the traditions and the rituals and all those things are really meant to do is to cultivate character. And when you guys have that sort of consistent character, you're going to have a, a fantastic reputation on grounds there. Now you've been in for three years. You've seen a lot. You're the president now and you are sort of the chief brand manager. I mean, that's one way to think about your role as president. You've been given the reins this year to really help form and shape the brand, but also I, th I think to pitch the brand to guys who were thinking about pledging to help cultivate and recruit that for the years to come. When a faculty member or a student or a parent or the president of VVA meets a Sigma Phi brother, as president, what do you want them to associate that with? What kind of ideas or terms or framing 
do you want the reputation of a Sigma Phi brother to be on, on grounds there at, at UVA? We've been thinking about this a lot, especially since you came and spoke to us in November. What kind of guy do we want to be? Who do we want to send out onto grounds? What I want is for the Sigma Phi's at UVA to be men who are an example of how to be. So guys who carry a presence, they walk into a room and, okay, this is a serious person. This is a put together person who is here with us now. Guys who speak well, who visibly care about the others around them. So guys who, like you said, heroic masculinity in November, guys who are using their put togetherness to lift up the people around them. So guys who are dependable, physical fitness is important too. It's a sign that you have discipline and that you work. And it's part of presence, you know, being somebody who looks capable of things is part of your presence. And that makes you a more powerful person socially. So the brand of the fraternity should be excellence as men in all these different capacities. And we should have a reputation for being that and also for being really good brothers to each other. It should be obvious. It should be maybe even annoying how clear it is that we have these deep friendships with each other and that we care about each other. Because that's where a lot of the inspiration to improve comes from anyway. It comes from people caring about you. That's what I think our brand ought to be. And I think that people are internalizing that here. And I think that we're making positive steps in that direction. That's really extraordinary and needed. And I mean, these are the sorts of things that, that make fraternity life such an outstanding opportunity to be a part of, of a community together pursuing those things. I mean, doing those things together makes them even that much more enjoyable, but also that much more effective. And so you, you guys will succeed, you know, because you're committed to those, those sort of brand principles, that reputation principles together. Now, at the beginning of the pledge season, the rush season, at the informational meeting as president this year, what was your pitch? Like, what was the kind of one-liner or two-liner pitch that you would give for why guys should, you know, they come by the house. Like, why should a guy rush and pledge Sigma Phi? And then secondly, like, what kind of men do you want, right? Because that's important right. as well, right? There's the pitch, like, here's who we are, but these are the kind of men, if you are this kind of man, this is the place for you. How would you talk about those two things? I wish that we were able to give a, a pitch like that at the informational meeting. We do things kind of weirdly here. Like we even talked in November about like advertising and putting ads and putting together social media stuff. For some reason, fraternities at UVA don't do that. And so anybody who does that is then being weird and being, you know, out of bounds. But so I wish we had that opportunity, but I do deliver a sort of pitch, you know, during the early rounds of rush. And, and I do, you know, give little commentaries about here's what we're about. You know, here's what you can think of us as when I meet guys for the first time. So what I would tell somebody who's rushing is if you're trying to join a fraternity at UVA, you should join Sigma Phi if you're the type of guy who's in this for more than the superficial perks. So if all you care about is being popular and having a fancy name, then there's other places that are going to do that better than we can. If you want a group that's just about hanging out, you just want to smoke and watch TV, other places are going to do that better. This is the fraternity to join if you want to develop real lifelong brothers and brothers meaning something real, not just some term that will inspire you and help you as you grow into a man. So Sigma Phi brothers care about each other in a way that, you know, is extraordinary, like we've been talking about. And it's going to be something really different that you'll experience for the first time in your life. If that's what you're here for, then this is the kind of place to go. And what we look for is guys who are interested in that because it's easy to tell, you know, it's easy to tell during rush, you know, if somebody's there for stupid reasons or if somebody's there because they're going to become 
actually an important part of your life. We look for guys who have a positive attitude. We want to see guys who are, who are smiley, who in conversation are interested in the brothers, right? It's a turnoff when, when guys come in there and think that they're a big deal when they've just met you and they're a freshman and they're trying to sell themselves to you. You know, it's like, no, be interested in us, be interested in what we have going on here. And it's very easy to tell who has that kind of humble spirit. And then, of course, we look for guys who are good candidates for what we're trying to do with excellence. You know, we want guys who demonstrate that they're interested in becoming better men, guys who are interested in stuff in school. So they have stuff to say about their classes. They have stuff to say about subjects they're interested in, history, science, whatever. Guys who, you know, demonstrate an interest in physical fitness is great, too. You know, we want to see that you're passionate about life, that you're passionate about getting better as a person, because then that means that you're going to really succeed in what we're trying to do here. And so Rush, you know, it's two weeks. We're really trying hard to learn more about people than we can in that time period. But you can tell enough about somebody in order to make a judgment there. That's who I would invite to join Sigma Phi. And so far, I think that's who's joining Sigma Phi. I love our pledges this year. It's a good crop. And they really are demonstrating that they care about this and that they want to be part of this. It's really amazing that there are men out there who don't want to be better men. They don't want to be on the pathway to self-improvement. I mean, some guys are just checked out and resigned. And the fact that you guys are on purpose looking for men who want to be better men, it means that it's going to happen because you're, you're skimming off the top because it's rare right now to find guys who want to be better versions of, of themselves. I mean, guys who know, you know what, I got some stuff I want to work on in my life and I need a group of guys to help me get there. They have aspirations, right? They're driven, they're committed, they're focused, right? Those are the kind of guys that, that you want to signify. And that creates the culture. That creates the, the devotion. It creates the excellence. I mean, it's all the tradition. I mean, that's how you guys solidify that. And it's really admirable that you're looking for the best because as you guys are looking for the best, you actually will, will become the best. Now, when you're 47 years old and you're sitting around the campfire with your kids on a camper trip one time and your, your kids are asking, hey, dad, what was college like? Because they're, they're looking at colleges, right? I went to Clemson. And they're like, hey, we talk to Dr. Bradley all the time, and he wants us to go to Clemson, and you went to UVA, whatever, and you were in a fraternity, Dad. So what was it like when you think about, you know, in 20, 25 years from now, telling your kids about what Sigma Phi did for you during your years at the University of Virginia? What do you think you're going to be telling them in the years to come? The memories that are going to stick out to me the most, I think, are going to be the times when guys were really going through it. So guys, when, when guys were depending on us and when I was depending on the, on the guys to lift ourselves up and when brothers came through and did that. So like, I can remember back in the fall, you know, when I had a big decision to make in my personal life in terms of career track and I was tore up about what to do and making the decision was driving me nuts. And the support and encouragement of a handful of brothers here was crucial in helping me get through that. And then once I made that decision it was crucial in helping me kind of settle myself down and get back on track and focus on what I then had to do going forward. You know, guys get dumped by longtime girlfriends and then they need a shoulder to cry on and they need somebody to, to lift them up and say, Hey, you're still worth it. You're still your own guy. You're still everything you were before they fall short of their career goals. And then they need somebody to remind them that, you know, you're not worthless because you didn't get the, the job at whatever you, you still have opportunities. So they make a mistake. You could, you could make a mistake. You could do something wrong. And then you need somebody to help you get back on track and forgive yourself and be forgiven. These are the human moments that I'm going to remember 
from this house. And then I'm going to impart on, yeah, my kids and on anybody else I talk to who wants to join a fraternity or is interested in joining fraternity. You're going to have these human moments that are going to give you friends through these moments that will continue to be there for you in that way long after you've graduated college. So this experience doesn't end when you graduate. Like I was talking earlier about the alumni, you know, people continue to be each other's best friends in life. This experience has totally taught me how to be there for people and how to dedicate myself to others in a way that I, I know for sure I would not have gotten without being here. So I know that because of this experience, I'm going to be a lot better at doing those things in the future, both with a family and with friends and with, with people at my job. I can't overstate what kind of difference this makes. And there's, there's going to be a few guys I'm imagining that you will probably be friends with, close friends with for the rest of your life. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Because some fraternities, you just kind of go through and you graduate and it's over. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really, you know, it's almost like your middle school friends, something like that. But, but it's signified. What I'm hearing is that it's a, it's three or four years of forging really close friendships that last for a lifetime of guys making each other better and sharpening each other because the, the kind of here's what's interesting about life, right? I mean, the kind of support that you guys are giving each other in college, you're going to need that forever. Life exactly. isn't easy. And so supporting each other at 20, well, hey, when the caca hits the fan when you're 35, who are you going to call? It's probably going to be somebody, because I do this right now, right? The guys I'm going to college with, these are the guys that I, that I call when, when, when crisis happens. So, I mean, the fact that you guys are cultivating the depth of friendship and support with each other right now is really setting you guys up for outstanding levels of success in all parts of your life as you guys continue to build each other up. It sounds to me, and again, I'm biased because I, I like you guys because I've, I've hung out with you, but it just sounds to me that and I don't want to overstate it. Maybe I will just for the record, but I think you guys are probably making history on grounds at UVA because you're changing the nature of fraternity life in terms of what it can do, not just for guys in the fraternity, but also what it can do for Greek life in general on grounds at the university. And I just want to acknowledge that so much of that is because of the leadership of Nick Fisher. He is one of the best fraternity presidents I've ever met in my entire life. And I can just say, I've been saying this, that, I mean, if your parents listen to this, I think their reservations should be dispelled about what fraternities can do for men. Because what I've heard today and what I've seen in you personally, as I've gotten to know you over the last several months, has just really been confirmation that, that fraternities really do make guys better when they're done in the right way. And your leadership of, of Sigma Phi in terms of what you're cultivating there, brother, I hope it lasts for years and years and years to come. And so much so that I think it could be the case because of the influence of Sigma Phi on grounds there that guys want to come to the University of Virginia, not because of the basketball program or the football program, but because Greek life will make their lives better. And that will be so evident uh, by the culture and the influence that, that Sigma Phi has. So I hope your parents are extremely proud of you, not just because of your academic stuff, but because of the fact that you are investing in leading guys and doing it so well and being so thoughtful and just making this fraternity one of the best places for, for guys to be on grounds 
at the University of Virginia. I am personally proud of you and really, really hope the best for Sigma Phi. Like I said, I'm biased because I've been there, but I really do have so much respect for what you guys are doing. I think that your legacy of the culture that you're cultivating there right now is just going to grow it to be one of the most important institutions in the history of the University of Virginia. So Nick Fisher, thank you so much for joining me today on the Anthony Bradley Show. It was really a delight to have you. Thank you, Dr. Bradley, and and thank you for everything you've done to help us achieve those things you've been talking about, because it, it really, having you as a friend of our brotherhood has has amplified these efforts by a lot. So thank you on behalf of all of us for that. And if you are a first-year student at the University of Virginia, or if you're a student who is not in a fraternity at the University of Virginia, you have to give these guys a shot. Hang out with them. Go to lunch with them, go to dinner with them, get to know them, because these men, I can tell you this because I've seen it, these men will make you better. And you will graduate from the University of Virginia a much better man than you were when you started after living with and experiencing a life together with these men. So give them a shot and have your life change and graduate and be a much better person at the end. So that's all we have for today on the Anthony Bradley Show. Again, thank you, Nick Fisher. Thank you, Sigma Phi. Shout out to everyone at UVA's IFC for all the great conversations over the last few months. I absolutely love what you guys are doing there on on grounds. And I look forward to talking to you all again on the Anthony Bradley Show. I would also like to thank my Patreon supporters for their generous support of this project. If it were not for your generosity and support, this project would not be possible. You all are the most important part of this experience. Thanks you all for joining us today on this episode of the Anthony Bradley Show. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment on the various platforms where the podcast is heard. And I look forward to engaging you again here at the King's College in New York City on the Anthony Bradley Show. Mm-hmm.